Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to another uh, broadcast, a live stream with yours truly. I'm excited about this one. Anytime you get into God's word and you're led to a particular chapter and all of a sudden God's like, yo, I want you to talk about this today. You know it's going to be good. And so as everyone is coming into the live feed, I want to welcome those who's watching me for the very first time. If you're watching, you clicked on this video and you've and you liked what you've heard so far and you've engaged and you're like, man, I really want to follow this guy. Uh, I like what he's saying in accordance to God's word feel free to subscribe i would love to have you part of my community and for those who's been watching me for a mighty long time or for a short period of time i want to say thank you all so much for your kindness for your support for your love for your generosity and uh for all these years and as everyone is coming in make sure you hit that like button make sure you share because i really do believe that what we're going to talk about today in regards to god's timing and make sure that we're ready for it is really going to bless a lot of people let's see who's in the chat box i know there's some um delay on here. So I'm going to give you all some time. But the scripture that we're going to be in is going to be John chapter seven. And we're going to be really talking about um, what to do um, to prepare for God's timing, as well as um, signs you'll know, signs you know, you're ready for God's timing. So come on in. Uh, let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, what country, all that good stuff. And uh, make sure you comment below um, uh, uh, what you've been getting from this. And also, um, Get some pen and paper because we got a lot to say there. Let's get right into it. We're going to get right into the um, here we go. Are you ready for God's time? My main thought for today's discussion is this God's timing is all the time. Please understand that God's timing is all the time. Unfortunately, for a lot of us, we think that um, God's timing is this moment of promotion. But with God, God's timing is all the time. There is a purpose for every time you're in. God has a purpose for every single time that you're in. And it's important that you understand that. So that's my main thought for today's lesson is that God's timing is all the time. Make sure that's someone texting me. All right, good. God's timing is all the time. There is a purpose for every time um, you are in. Now, let's get to the problem. Many people are rushing their season of preparation. Many people are rushing their season of preparation. And in rushing it, they miss out or misinterpret the reason for this season. Many people are rushing their season of preparation. And in rushing it, they miss out or misinterpret the reason for the season. Like I said before, many people are so caught up or consumed with the idea of God's timing being this particular moment for me to uh, um, have promotion or for me to have success. But God's timing is all the time. All the time is a season of opportunity for preparation. But unfortunately, many people rush this season. They rush what is required for them to develop. They rush by the season over and over and over again. And then when they get to this place where, where promotion is offered, or opportunities are offered, they find themselves ill-equipped and unready, uh, not ready for what is in that season. Many people are rushing their season of preparation and in rushing it, they miss out or misinterpret the reason for the season. What are you doing right now for the season that God has you in right now? Are you preparing? Are you ready? 
Are you embracing the season of pruning? Because many people forget that the next level have new devils. The next level have new opportunities or a new requirements. It requires another another level of understanding, a deeper level of maintenance. Many people have the desire to obtain, but not too many people have the uh, uh, mentality to sustain. It's easy to obtain a thing. But it's harder to sustain a thing. If it's already hard to obtain marriage or to obtain success or to obtain a whatever, what do you think is going to require or what is going to take for you to actually sustain that thing? Let's keep going because I have a lot of points. Every season has a purpose. And there are eight types of seasons separated into two categories. Every season has a purpose. And there are eight types of seasons separated into two categories. Let's break them down. There's two categories. You have seasons. And you have sports. Let's break this down. Seasons. There's fall. There's winter. There's spring. And there's summer. Now, what do these seasons mean for us as individuals? Fall is this season of time where uh, um, things begin to fall apart. When you notice in the fall season, you begin to see trees, their leaves begin to fall, their colors begin to fade, that plushness of green, that 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 beauty that that tree once had, it begins to fade. And most people are looking at the trees and they're saying, oh, that's beautiful. Transformation is beautiful. But most people don't see that transition is actually death, that there's dying, that there is pruning happening, not pruning, but there is prepping happening. And fall is that period of time where things that was actually found it begins to fall. And many people look at their fall season and they panic because they're so accustomed. They're so used to uh, their season being plushed. They're so used to life as it is. And many people who come from the world and come into salvation, they transit that transition throws them off because many people have been advertising the Christian faith as all prosperity. They've been advertising the Christian faith as if there will be no troubles. The word of God says uh, in this life, you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. And so what happens is when people get saved, they forget that the only time prosperity comes before pruning is in a dictionary. And so when the pruning phase begins to happen, things begin to fall apart. But most people think that when things are falling apart, when you in God's hands, they don't fall apart, they fall into place. And so what happens is fall begins to fall or allow everything that shouldn't be on you to fall off, pride to fall off, uh, ego go to fall off, lust to fall off. All these different things begin to fall off, preparing you for purification. Now, winter is the season where you're bare. Winter is the season where there's nothing showing. Winter is the season where death has occurred or dying has occurred. And what most people hate about winter is that it's cold. There's nothing to show. And many people um, begin to realize who their real friends are, that the friends they thought would be there to the end were only there around them as a tree for their shade and their fruit. And then when those people leave, they have no one there to tend them. And so winter is the time where the ground, the soil by which you anchor in becomes purified. It becomes prepared. It begins to die off any type of impurities so that when it's time for fresh fruit and fresh growth to happen, the ground has been purified. That winter season is a season where it's just you and God. That season where he's pruning you. That season where he's prepping you and preparing you and positioning you for the next season, which is spring. Spring is a season where it's time to plant. Spring is a season when you begin to see budding. You don't necessarily see the fruit yet, but you begin to see budding and the budding leads to the bearing of fruit. Spring is a very vital season. 
Now you've been sprung into the season of, of purpose. Summer is a season where you actually reap the harvest. Fall is when thing falls apart. Winter is when die, death occurs and purification occurs, prepping you for the next phase. Spring is when you begin to see your fruit bear. You begin to bud and you begin to bear fruit. Now, the fruit that fell off the first time, the leaves that fell off the first time were the worldly type of fruit, the external idolatries, the internal connections to things that was not, uh, was, was not good for you. <clears throat> Now, in spring, the fruit that's bearing is the fruit of joy, the fruit of love. It's the right type of fruit. And when that fruit is on your tree, now you begin to reap a harvest that comes from love. That when you begin to love your wife and love your husband and genuinely love people based upon the dignity and the image they bear of God, you begin to now bear fruit. Or you begin to reap a harvest from the fruit of love. You begin to bear or reap a harvest of the joy of the Lord that's your strength. You begin to reap the harvest of patience, etc. Most people are trying to reap off the external fruits of life, but they fail to realize that the real harvest comes from the fruit of the spirit, not from the works of the flesh. And when you understand that, you will allow the phases of life to occur so that when it's time to bear fruit, you will bear genuine fruit fruit that will produce a harvest for you. These four seasons are pivotal for us to understand because metaphorically they apply in our lives. So right now, some of y'all in the fall season, in the comment section, let me know what season you're in. Are you in a fall season? Are you in a winter season? Are you in a spring season? Are you in a summer season? That fall season is when what you thought was fruit begins to fall off. What you thought made you look well as far as your leaves begin to fall off. Winter is a season where you like, man, I have nothing to show for this season. I'm in a season where it's just me and God. I don't have no friends. I don't have anything uh, uh, that I thought was sustain me around me. That's winter season. Season. Spring season is when you begin to see the sanctification process really birth fruit in your life where you begin to see that love. You begin to see genuine joy. You begin to see peace. You begin to feel peace. You begin to uh, become more patient, more kind, more gentle, etc. And summer is that season where you know that you're rooted in God's timing, you rooted in purpose, and you're bearing fruit or you're reaping a harvest from the internal fruit that God's bearing through you. So comment below. Let me know if you're in the chat right now. Let me know what season you feel you're in. Let's get to the second phase or the second category. The second category is sports. For all my athletes, this will make more sense to you. Some people fall into uh, the will probably connect more to the seasons. Some people will probably connect more to the sports. Now, the sports uh, analogy or metaphors is as such. We have some people that are saying, um, uh, uh, she says she's in winter. Okay, um, I don't want to mess your names up. Um, uh, we got some. We got some winter. We have some spring. We have some another winter. There ain't nothing wrong. You gotta, you gotta enjoy the season you're in because there's purpose for that season. Um, uh, I don't want to pronounce um, uh, pronounce your name wrong, Miss Thomas, but this message blessed me already. It, listen, I was minding my own business. I ain't even got to the word yet. I ain't even got to the word that sparked all of this. But some people are in the fall season. Some people are in the winter season. Some people are in the spring season. Some people are in the uh, winter season. We also have another winter. We have another winter. There's nothing wrong with that family. I'm scared, but it feels like winter. Don't be scared of winter. Winter is what's prepping you. You can't uh, um, You can't have summer without, you can't have spring without fall. You can't have spring. Listen, each season is, is pivotal. 
Like you can't have spring or summer without fall or winter. The most important seasons are not spring and summer. The most vital seasons of our lives is fall and winter. Things must fall apart. Everything must be at a decay where, where you can really um, be purified and ready to actually be a good steward over the harvest. <clears throat> great, great engagement, y'all. Definitely winter season. God has pruned me this year from a lot of things. That's right. It's great to be in this season. I used to hate winter, but winter is, is a great season because I know, oh, God brought me to winter. Oh, he's preparing me for something bigger. Antoinette says, yes. Okay. Uh, hey, coach, thanks for the lesson. My question, oh, we'll get to the questions during. I get to you, fam. Make sure you save your questions. I just, I was just asking myself, why don't I have any friends? You in the winter phase. Y'all send y'all sending emotion emojis. We're definitely in the winter. I know. Uh, me too. Let's get to it. Let's get to the sports for my athletes out there. There's four seasons when it comes to sports. There's the off season. There's the preseason. There's the season, and there's the postseason. The off season is season for you to prepare. Uh, in order, the level of your postseason is direct reflective of what you do in your off season. Most people they focus, they want to get to the postseason so bad, they want to get to season so bad, they want to hoop, they want to ball out, they want to whatever, but they did not do anything in the off season. The off season is where you begin to practice the fundamentals, you begin to practice the drills. No one's watching you in the you in the practice gym, not in the not in the arena. The off season is where you're working on your diet, you're working on your dribbling. You're working on your shooting. You're working on your catching. You're working on your swing. You're working on all the different things that will prepare you for the season. Most people do not capitalize on the off season. The off season is one of the most pivotal seasons of your life. That's where God is hiding you. God is saying, come into the gym and work out with the Holy Spirit. Come into the gym and let him get you right. <clears throat> Don't focus so much on the highlights. Get to the gym and get right. Get to the gym. Don't focus so much on what the season was like, because if you nail down the fundamentals when it's time and you feel the fire in the midst of the fourth quarter, you will be able to be fruitful and faithful. See, most people, the reason why they're not in a game is because they haven't practiced in the offseason. The offseason is where you get yourself together. You actually maximize uh, your weaknesses. The offseason is very important because you're going to have offseasons periodically. You're going to have offseasons where God says you're out. That's why the Bible says be ready in season and out of season. You got to be ready out of season as well. Readiness is always. Readiness is every every moment. I stay ready so I don't got to get ready. So like the five wise virgins, you won't have to be looking for oil for you stay ready. Many people are, are, are just in the position of getting ready. Oh, it's my time. The alarm going off. They, they get ready. No, there's certain people with a certain level of focus where they are they always ready. The Bible says be ready in season and out of season. Out of season, you're saying I'm readying myself for whatever may come my way. So in the off season, you're practicing scenarios. In the off season, you're thinking about um, um, if, if the defense plays me this way, I'm going to capitalize on that. The off season prepares you um, to, to, to observe and to capitalize on <clears throat> the what happened last season. <clears throat> the off season is very pivotal. 
Because now you're assessing and self-examining your play from last season. You're examining your play from last year. Last season, I didn't really, my yardage wasn't up to par. My, my shooting percentage wasn't up to par. My faithfulness with God wasn't up to par. My focus in the things that God wasn't up to par. Yes, I averaged what uh, averaged 20 something or 30 something or a thousand yards or whatever, but I could always get better. The unfortunate thing for most believers or a lot of believers, they don't think that they have to always stay ready so they become stagnant. Offseason says, God, where did I miss the mark last year? How can I increase my shooting percentage? How can I increase the areas in my life that's not where they need to be? That's the offseason. Now, the preseason is a period of time for you to practice what you've practiced. It's, it's practice. This preseason is not where things count, but you actually see where you are. It's like Jesus. Jesus offseason was for 30 years. We barely know what he did between one and 30. We know at 12, he was about his father's business. So for 18 years, we know that he was about God's business, the father's business, but we didn't see. The preseason was what you would consider Galilee. Preseason was what you would consider um, picking his team and you begin to see what's in his offseason. The season was when he was in Jerusalem. And the postseason is when he was able to prove that he was a son of God through raising himself from the dead, right? But let's get to us. Offseason, like I said, is our ability to assess and prepare and to, uh, to capitalize on weaknesses of previous seasons and to increase our percentages so that we can be more efficient and more effective for the actual season. The preseason is when you're actually able to put in uh, to play what you've been practicing in the offseason to see where you at. You're, you're, you're not really where it counts. You're not really in a season where things matter, but you're in a place where God is allowing you to, to feel the heat. You'll feel competition. You'll feel what it may feel like to actually be in season and you actually seeing how you perform or how how sharp you are. Now, the season is when it counts. The season is when you are in place, in position to actually perform where the turnovers count, where the shots count, where everything begins to count. And many people do not understand that when you're in season, things count. You, you 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 can't just get in a season of marriage and then what you didn't do see what you do in your postseason of singleness will show up in season when you marry what you're doing in the off season a season of singleness season of preparation will show itself in ministry will show itself in marriage will show itself in your career it will show itself when things begin to count when you start having to pay taxes when things begin to count when you actually got to be a husband when you got to actually be a wife that's why single people you got to capitalize in your off season which is singleness and singleness is not a lesser season than marriage it's a prerequisite season it's a not necessarily a prerequisite but it's a season in of itself that prepares you for everything else in life so a single people got to look at the off season that they're like, listen, I know I'm not married. I know I'm not whatever, but am I a wife now? Am I a husband now? I know I don't have my own ministry now, but am I a good steward over God's word? Do I have the right heart and the right motive? Because when you in season and that those demons are playing nickel defense and those demons are playing a two, three, and those demons are trapping full court, demons are in shape. Demons done seen your players before. They don't, they seen your kind before. They know your tendencies. They know what defense to play. That's why you got to be training with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you the demon's going to run a two, three. 
When we go down here in this in this region, they're gonna play. They're gonna they like to trap down here. When we go up here, they love to play this type of defense. And the Holy Spirit will in your off season. That's why you can't rush that season. You can't rush the off season because the Holy Spirit is trying to show you this is the type of defense you're going to see when you marry. This is the type of defense you're going to see when you in ministry. This is the type of defense you, they're going to play on you. But if all you're doing in the off season is worrying about the season, my friend, you won't be able to perform well. I know Felicia says my off season is a struggle. You, that's that's the that's that's the best time to struggle. When no, when there's no spec, the best time to struggle is when it's just you and the ghost. When it's just you and the Holy Spirit, that's when you struggle. That's when you go through the hustle and the bustle and the struggle. So that when you end season, boom, boom, it's like clockwork. Let's keep going. The postseason is when things intensifies. That's when you really close to your purpose, if not in it. The postseason is when it's time to win championships. And right now, we're going to really see who are the Magic Johnsons, who are the uh, uh, Larry Birds, who are the Michael Jordans, who are the Kobe Bryants, right? And for those who love LeBron, I give that to you. For those, who, the, the LeBrons, right? Like, we'll see who's ready. I'm telling LeBron. No, I'm joking. Keep LeBron. We'll see who's ready uh, for postseason activity, right? We'll see who's ready. The Steph Curry's, the Kevin Durant's, you see what I'm saying? Who's ready for, for that game seven? We in that game seven hour, yo. And time is going to reveal who's God's true hoopers, who's God's true ballers. Because they know that their offseason was not about, oh, I got a million subscribers. Oh, my ministry's big. Oh, look at my trophy wife. Oh, look at my husband. He make all this kind of, it ain't about that no more. It ain't about that no more. It's heaven and hell right now, fam. It's about, look, are we really about this heaven thing? Are we really about God's glory thing? That's where we at right now. It, coronavirus, all that stuff that's happening right now is proven to people, hey, man, it ain't about your idols. One thing about this vent that, that, that really affected so many people is that it proved their idols were not sustaining, was not, was not able to sustain. Postseason ball is not about stats anymore. It's about that Larry O'Brien. It's about that trophy now. Let's keep going. In order to be seasoned, you must go through season. And every season is a season of preparation. Please understand that. In order to be seasoned, the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. Salt is to preserve. In order for us to be able to preserve our marriage through the, through the help of the Holy Spirit, to preserve our ministry, to preserve our business, to preserve our entrepreneurial endeavors, to preserve our children, to preserve our family, to preserve our communities, right? We have to go through seasons. But if you keep rushing these seasons, my friend, family, if you keep rushing these seasons, you will prove not salty enough. You will not be able to be seasoned enough to preserve. Let's keep going for time's sake because it's hard to get through some of these points. Let's keep going. Tis the season two. We just passed. We just passed Christmas. Did a video maybe three years ago. I talked about this, and I, God led me back to these notes. Tis that in order before you even know you're ready for God's timing. This is what you should do in your season right now. No matter what season you're in, these points right here is what you need to be doing right now. Number one, S. You must right now. No matter what season you're in, but I'm pretty sure this season right now, you should seek the will of God for your life and solidify your purpose of calling. This season right now, if you're if you're not familiar, we'll make it clear this way. If you're not sure what your purpose is, if you're not sure if you're ready for God's 
purpose, what you should do right now in this season is seek his will. The word of God says the will of God is your sanctification. Sanctification is the Holy Spirit's purification of a believer that he has sealed. Sealed, proven that this child is now a son or daughter of God. Right? So the more you seek uh, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's part of the sanctification. Like sanctification process puts you in a position where you're not seeking <clears throat> um, uh, different things. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're seeking his kingdom. God, what is your what is my place in your kingdom? And I'm seeking your righteousness, God. I'm seeking you. I'm seeking how else through your through right mindedness can I be in right position and do things right? I'm seeking first his righteousness in every area. How can I be uh, uh, do things right in this area? Right. But when you know that's the will of God's sanctification, you allow the Holy Spirit to fill and sanctify and renew your mind in every area so that you will actually perform better no matter what position you're in. That's why when you know uh, uh, um, your, your position in God and you allow the Holy Spirit to purify the different areas of your life, then, family, you will begin to be the husband you need to be, be the wife you need to be. You will begin to actually become because your mind has been renewed. Right. So it's the season right now for you to seek the will of God. Holy Spirit, don't even worry about capital W will. Just worry about the will of Father God. Make clean me a uh, uh, clean my heart. Uh, make me a clean heart. Renew me a right spirit. Take this heart of stone. Make it a heart of flesh, God. Change me, oh God. Make me over. Make me new. Right. That should be a focus because as you allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify you, the capital W will of your life will begin to become clear. But if you're seeking a capital W and you haven't allowed the will of God through His Spirit to sanctify you, then you won't be able to see clearly what it is that you're supposed to do. So number one, you got to seek the will of God for your life. God, what is your will for my life? And that's, of course, your sanctification. And as you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify your mind, then you will begin to say, okay, now, God, it's no time for me to play. I'm going to solidify my purpose of call. I'm going to solidify. I'm going to know it. I know my purpose. I know my calling. Like I know my name. I know what I'm here to do. Like I know my name. It is just what it is. I'm here to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. I'm here to help you make sense of your life. I'm here to, my ultimate purpose is to present to God a people prepared. That's my purpose is to, God, through my teaching, through my submission to you, through whatever, all these different things, my goal is to present to you a people prepared. That's my purpose in life. So you have to solidify. This is the season. You can't wait to the off season. You can't wait to the next season. Right now, if you don't know the will of God, if you don't, if you don't, your purpose ain't solidified, my friend, you're not ready. Uh, what's the point of this message? You're not ready um, for God's timing. You're not ready for that moment where you're it's postseason play. E, tis a season to empty your heart of all resentment and unforgiveness and protect your energy. This is the season. Right now is the season for you to empty all resentment. Who are you upset with? Who have you yet to forgive? Who do you have a root of bitterness towards? Right now is the season to empty your heart of all, because you're not going to be ready for God's timing if you got resentment in your heart. You're not going to be ready for God's timing for you to be a good steward and a prudent steward over his, over his, whatever he has for you to do. If your heart is full of resentment, you got to empty your heart of all resentment. You got to, in order to do that, you can't compare your life or the sins against you horizontally. You got to, you got to compare your sins against the one vertically. That will humble you because you're going to be like, if God forgave me of this, surely I can forgive them of that. You have to empty your heart of all resentment and unforgiveness and protect your energy. 
Forgiveness doesn't mean that you just open yourself up for business again for everyone. No, no, no. You protect your energy. You protect your goals because, you know, this is season. I got I can't just burn all my oil. I just can't burn all my energy. That's what happens with the five unwise virgins. They burnt up all their oil. They probably went and, and uh, 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 burnt up their oil in wrong rooms, in wrong places, going where they shouldn't have gone and not utilizing the light that was given. See, it's unfortunate how we burn our oil, but don't trust the light of God. We burn our energy without trusting that God has already revealed to us what his will is. So we burn our energy. And when it's time, when the when the bridegroom came, they begin to beg with the other virgins. Yo, fam, can I have some of your oil? They was like, no, go to those who sell because we can't give you our oil. Those people, those five wise virgins, they was wise because they protected their oil. Even when people begged of their oil, you got to protect your energy. You just can't keep giving your oil to everyone because the people who burn their oil quickly will burn yours eventually and will burn it quickly. E or A. Tis the season to make acknowledging God a habit and make gratitude your attitude. This is the season to do that. It's always, always season to do this. You got to make acknowledging. If you haven't yet, this is what you got to do now. You got to make acknowledging God a habit. God, I'm going to slow my life down. You know you're speeding when you, can't, we don't make, when you don't make time for God. You know your life is going too fast. You got to slow your life down and walk in step with the spirit. The word of God says walk in step. You got to walk and say, God, is this, God, you got to make acknowledgement. What this means is you're, you're communing with him. You're, you're asking God, is this the way I should go? Is this the person I should date? You're not impulsive. You're trusting God's track record. You're trusting that he will reveal everything in his timing. So you acknowledge God. And when people pressure you and when he's smelling good and when she's looking good, you're not pressed because you're not impressed by them because you've already impressed by God. You in awe of God. It's not, I'm, it's not, it's not easy for me to fall for nobody. And that's just where God has me right now. I don't care what a person offers. They can offer me a million dollars. I'm not impressed. It's hard to be impressed when you're in awe of God. It's hard to be impressed when you are in awe of God. When you're in awe of God, they can throw 40 million at you. They can throw, you can throw, they can throw a man who's 90% holy looking or saved looking or whatever, and you're not impressed. You got to show me more than you got to show me more than that, boo-boo. You got to show me more than that. That's cool. You smelling good. You looking good, but you got to show me more than that. Can you lead me spiritually? Can you lead me? Uh, uh, can you uh, uh, take care of me holistically? You, you, when you look at a fine girl, you got to be like, you cute. It's cool, but cute. you cute, but you're not cute enough. All right. So, so you can't be caught up on the looks because that's what happened to Adam. When Adam saw Eve, he started speaking poetry. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And the same man that was blessed with a woman that was perfect at the point was also led astray by that same woman. And then when he was challenged on it and checked on it, he then blamed the woman and God, the woman you gave me, God. See, what I'm saying you can't be so caught up in, 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 in beauty when you in awe of who God is. When you have behold or beheld the lamb. You won't you won't be easily fooled by wolves. You got to make acknowledging God a habit like, God, is this you or not? Like my latest book, I'm going to show you the book. My latest book that I put out is a good resource for you. And, and it's available on Amazon right now. It's called Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continuously Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. This book right here is probably one of the most powerful uh, books that God has blessed me to write because God's will is it, God desires for us to know his will. So Amazon right now, get this book because a lot of the points that I talk about uh, throughout these last few videos pertains to that, <clears throat> how you can discern the will of God. And that's available on Amazon right now. But you got to be able to say, God, is this a counterfeit or a counterpart? A counterfeit is anything you try to force fit in your life. A counterpart is an actual part 
of your life. It's a part of your life. But all those things will be placed on the counter of your life. Your life is a counter. On the, on the counters, when you go to business, that's where business are made. That's where food is eaten. Counters are very uh, uh, intimate things because that's where money is exchanged. That's where food is eating. That eat, eaten. That's where deals are made. And there, on the counter of your life are are are, are opportunities. And you got to be able to distinguish through the Holy Spirit and, and and discern what is the will of God, what is not. And that get that book for more detail on that. It's very powerful. And I've done maybe seven videos so far on my YouTube channel. And you can go to play the playlist counterfeit counterpart, and we go a little bit deeper. If you like, if you want the videos and the books go a little bit deeper, the book actually has activities and, and actual um, um self-reflective opportunities for you to actually assess and determine if it's a counterfeit friend, is counterfeit advice. I, I got maybe 12 different categories where you actually can actually test. Is this counterfeit friend? Is this counterfeit companion? Is this counterfeit uh, ideas? Is it counterfeit um, emotion? All that kind of stuff. Great resource, great book there. Next point, S, you got to make, oh, you also with A, you got to make gratitude your attitude. This season to say, I got to work on my emotions and my attitude. If you got a bad attitude, you're not ready to steward anything at God's altitude. Your attitude will determine your altitude. You heard that. <clears throat> so most people, they think, oh, I can. No, no, no. You got to have even more. You got you to you gotta have even better customer service. You got to have even better people skills in the next level. You got to have a, a better, like, you got to have a different attitude. There's a different flow, different vibe. <clears throat> that don't mean you be a pushover. You, you just know, you know people a little bit better. You know how to uh, uh, become all things to all men that you might win some. That's one of my favorite verses. Next point, number four, S, you got to make sacrifices and master your skill set. That's just the season to do that. Uh, for those in their off season, those in their winter, this is the season to do that. This is the season um, to make sacrifices. Tis the season to say, hey, man, I just can't go there no more. I just can't be on the phone with you for hours. I just can't be in this relationship right now. I just can't really be that type of friend for you right now. You got to make sacrifices, make cuts. Tis the season to say, who is taking too much of my energy? Who or what is taking too much of my time? I got to make sacrifices. And you got to master skill sets. You got to say, God, before you set me up, what skill set should I be up on? Like, like I, I, my, one of my skills is words. One of my skill sets is listening, man. God has gifted me where I've made listening a skill. My, my teaching skill, I've made it a skill. I, I, I use acronyms. That's my way how I chop it. That's how I cook my burgers. You know what I'm saying? That's how I cook. That's how I cook in my restaurant, right? Right. So you got to develop certain skill sets. My people skills is at another level. I've mastered that. I've, 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 I've practiced that. Right. So I, what are the skill sets that's, that's, that's specific to your purpose. That's the season right now. I got to make sacrifices to develop my skill sets, right? Next, for time's sake, oh, you got to be organized, optimistic, and organic. Tis the season to be organized. Organize your life. Cleanliness is next to godliness. How can you walk in godliness if you're not in cleanliness? You got to organize your life. You got to be optimistic. You got to know that God has uh, good things for you. That God, you got to be optimistic that that you are able, not able in your own ability, but that that you are called to this. I'm optimistic that I'm called to this. I'm not gonna be pessimist. Oh, did God really call me this? Oh, looking for a pity party? No, it's an optimistic party, fam. You see what I'm saying? We ain't no pity over here. I, I'm confident in who God is making me into, and my confidence, I can be confident without pride because my confidence is rooted in Him. I'm optimistic, and you got to be organic. You got to be yourself. You got to be you. You can't be a, a genetically modified version of someone else. 
It's crazy how many people are copying other people's or, 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 or organic originality. You got to be you. You got to be organic. It's a season to say, I, if you laugh crazy, you just, that's you. Don't be faking your laugh. Laugh like you laugh. Enjoy what you enjoy. And if you don't enjoy it, you don't enjoy it. It's okay to be you. This is a season to find out who he's created you to be. The fearfully and wonderfully side of you. Six, you got to neutralize all negative thoughts and seek to be nice, but never naive. This season to do that. Because you're not going to be able to uh, perform well in the postseason. You're not going to be able to reap the harvest in your summer if you're entertaining negative thoughts. What are you thinking? Stinking, thinking, sinking, thinking. If you got sinking, thinking, my friend, you will sink. You gotta, you gotta get that brink thinking. Like I'm on a brink. I, I, I'm, I got brink thinking. You know what I'm saying? I'm on a brink of my purpose. I'm almost there. I, I, I'm optimistic. I'm thinking. I neutralize all negative thoughts because I'm not going to be able to know when it's my timing and God's timing or perform well in that timing if I'm always thinking negative. And I got to seek to be nice but never naive. You can't be ugly, man, and be ready to go for the next level for God's timing. You can't be ugly in God's timing. Nice don't mean naive, though. You know when to nice, but you know you know when to, hey, fam, put people in their place. Let's go to the next point. We got to get we got to get through this. I'm in 36 minutes. Let me know in the comment section what y'all getting from this message so far. Let me know. Uh, now, don't rush these four things. These are some points from my old message. Don't rush your relationships. Don't rush them. Don't. There's just certain things you just shouldn't rush. Like real quickly, don't rush your relationships, because many people they rush from meeting someone to being with someone, and they that person has been showing red flags. Don't rush relationships. Don't make. Don't 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 be so impulsive that you just jump in a relationship and you just rush it. Nah, this is season to audit. <laughs> this is season to observe. See, smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Don't rush relationships. Don't rush friendships. Don't rush them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because if you rush them, they'll crush you. Don't rush your understanding. Don't think you know something. You don't even, you really don't know it. There's a lot of, we live in the information age. <clears throat> I was telling my young people yesterday at, at 16, 18 Bible class. I said, man, we in an age where we know a lot, but we don't show a lot. We know a lot, but it's not evident in our lives. You can't rush understanding. If you know that you, like, you can't just be like, oh, I read a book on marriage. I read a book on relationships. I'm ready. No, 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 no. You can read all day, but has it been seeded all day? Has God really, have you allowed God to seed in you what will blossom in you that will actually make your marriage beautiful because it's rooted in God? You can't rush understanding. Oh, just because you know, no, 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 no. You got to let these seasons make you season. You can know a lot, but you may not show a lot. Don't rush your season. Simple as that. Don't rush the season. Don't rush it. Don't, 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 don't. And if you, if you, if you're upset with your singleness, don't be looking at married people pages. You know what I'm saying? Focus on your purpose. Focus on who you need to be for that person you're supposed to be with. Also, last but not least, H, don't rush your healing. If you know you hurt, if you know you, listen, if you sprained your ankle, if you broke your ankle in one relationship, don't hobble into a new one. Any athlete knows if you sprain your relationship real, if you sprain your ankle real bad, it's not wise for you to get in the game right away. Because if you if you got a sprain, an injury which was a sprain can turn into a break, right? So what happens is people get hurt in in a relationship, they sprain the ankle in one relationship, and they get another one, then they break the ankle in the next relationship, and now they bruise for real, for real. You see what I'm saying? So you can't rush healing. If you know you're not healed, listen, hurt people, hurt people. Heal people, healthy people, heal people. Healed people, heal people. Restored people, restore people. See what I'm saying? You can't rush your healing. 
You can't get sprained and you can't have a sprained ankle in one relationship. The next day you're in a new relationship and you're going to end up with a broken heart. Your heart may have been sprained, but now you really broke your heart because you thought that in a relationship, you think you can really try to prove to the other one that this is why you should have never left me or whatever. Don't rush relationships. Stay watchful. Don't rush understanding. Don't rush seasons and don't rush healing. Let's keep going. Now, let's get into the word of God. I was minding my own business. I was actually in John 5. I read a gospel a month. And so I already read, I already read John maybe twice this month. So I'm going over it again, right? And I was in John 5 and Holy Spirit, as soon as I woke up this morning, he said, read John 7. I said, all right, fam. God said, because I'm, I'm ready. I stay ready. You know what I'm saying? God, I'll go to John 7. Okay, we'll skip 5 and 6. We'll go to John 7. So I went to John 7. I'm going to bring this down right here. I went to John 7. So much wealth in this. How long are seasons in life generally? Some seasons are based upon your preparation and your readiness. And some, some here, two ways you know. The, the length of a season is based upon your preparation or it's based upon God's providence. You can be prepared, but it's just not God's timing yet. So seasons last as long as your preparation based upon everything is based upon from God. The more you fellowship with God, the more you get to know him, the more you begin to feel the vibe. And that's what a text we're about to get in the text. We'll kind of make it clear. But it's either based upon your preparation or God's providence. Providence means God's uh, awareness of everything, that God knows everything. God's in control of everything. His sovereignty. He's, he just knows, right? And so when you understand that, <clears throat> you'll say, but God, I'm ready. You won't get discouraged because you may be ready for years, but it's just not your year. So how long are season life generally based upon, like I said, how, how much of the things fell off your life? Are you in that season where you've allowed those things to fall apart? Are you still holding on to them? And those things fall off. You know, you in winter when you just know it's just you and God. Nobody's really around and you're being prepped. You know, it's spring season when things are springing in your life and you bear in mind, wow, I'm more loving than I used to be. I'm more content than I used to be. I'm more patient than I used to be. I'm in more peace than I used to be. Or you went, you reaping the harvest of that, of, of that in your life. And so it's just based upon your level of preparation or God's foreknowledge. Let's keep going. Uh, John 7. <clears throat> I'm reading John on chapter 4. Yeah, I'm John's, John's a great gospel. Luke's, Luke's my favorite of the gospels, but John's like a second favorite. <clears throat> Let's read. Let me pull the scripture up real quick so we can read together. Uh, John 7. Okay, uh, let's get right here. I'm going to read from my Bible because I look, my Bible, let me show y'all real quick. I, I, I mean, I highlight it so much. Like, fam, I got stuff underlined. You see, oh. See what I'm saying? I, I was butchering chapter seven. So I'm going to come go through mine. Uh, what about if, if the season is flat? That means, see, many people think that winter, like nothing is happening, but a lot is happening. Because we winter shows you death, shows you barrenness above ground, but doesn't show you the work underground. Right now, you think nothing is happening, but a lot is happening in the soil of your heart. And you'll see in time. Let's get back to it. Um, here we go. Jesus at the Feast of Booths. Uh, I will go a little bit deep in context, but uh, but the context is Jesus was with his brothers um, and uh, he was in Galilee and his brothers was like, yo, fam. Oh, we'll read. We'll read it. All right. After this, Jesus, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now, the Jews... Now, the Jews' Feast of Booths was at hand. That was a season where they was just, you know, getting, you know, not getting tipsy, but, you know, partying or not. Um, 
So his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea. You see how people be trying to tell you to do stuff? Try to pressure you, try to make you do stuff beforehand. Leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. Crazy how your brothers will talk crazy. It's crazy how people will say, yo, fam, um, um, you should be in Judea right now. You should be in your purpose right now. Boo, you should have a boo right now. Fam, you should have a woman right now. You should be in Judea right now, but God has you in Galilee. Galilee is a preseason. Galilee is a season of preparation. But see, people will try to say, uh, 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 go and, and, and do your thing. And his brothers was trying to, because it's crazy how um, his brothers actually lived with him. These were his actual biological brothers from Mary and Joseph, not married, not marrying God. <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? You know, it wasn't like he, they were different. They were biological brothers <clears throat> and they was lived with Jesus all this time. They knew Jesus. Like, and it's crazy how people would be around you forever and still not believe. Why would they tell him to go to Judea and do so much if they knew who he was? Let's keep going. His brother said to him, leave here and go to the G Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. Let's keep going. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. That's the ideology of the world. That's how the world thinks. You're doing all this stuff privately. We don't really see what you're doing. Shouldn't you want to see? Listen, I tell people all the time, let God reveal publicly what he shows you privately. Most people are going to try to tempt you to say, hey, man, what you've been doing here in Galilee? Hurry up and go to Judea. Hurry up and rush your season. Rush this and go to Judea and show off, fam. Let all the disciples know. Let everybody know the works you are doing. We don't know what Jesus was doing in Galilee. We do know. But what I'm saying is his brother's trying to force. Let's keep going. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. People are going to try to push you beyond your season, but pressure you before God's timing to show yourself to the world. And that's what happened to a lot of people, singers who show themselves to the world, now actually making records for the world right now. Creatives are showing themselves to the world prematurely and the world gobbled them up. Preachers showing themselves to levels of ministry that they are ready for and the world gobbles them up. That's what happens. You can't move before God's timing. You just can't do it. You can't just show yourself to the world. You just can't try to show yourself prematurely. You gotta stay hidden. If it's winter, stay in the winter. If it's fall, let it fall apart. If it's the off season, prepare. Because people are going to try to push you to the world. And the devil loves it. When you got a hype chamber, that's why don't be hyped beyond your right. Don't be hyped beyond your right. Don't let people gas you up and you know you're not ready to drive that far. Don't let people hype you beyond your level of ripeness of fruit. If your fruit ain't ripe, don't listen to their hype. Because people will hype you beyond your rightness. Their hypeness will try to get you beyond your rightness. And if you know you're not ripe yet, don't be hyped yet. And people get hyped all the time. Hyped beyond their type. Hyped beyond their ripe. Preachers out there being hyped by these people to start churches, to start ministries. People have been hyped to start these relationships, start these marriages. And then they have been proven not ripe yet. And Jesus knew. Jesus was like, fam, let's keep reading. He said, not even his brothers believed in him. How you can live with someone all these years and not believe, but you want to show. People are around you to show, but they don't believe. People will try to push you, and their motives to push you out there prematurely is for you to plummet. Oh, show yourself to the world. Go out there and show yourself. 
Make yourself visible. Make yourself known. But they don't believe in themselves. People will push you into places and they'll push you into a relationship they know you're not ready for so that you can be messed up like they are. So that y'all can be sorry together. No, we about championships over here, fam. We about winning chips over here, fam. It's championship or bust over here. So I don't got time to be pushed into a place I'm not ready for. That's what the off season is for. Let's keep going. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, fam, listen. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. You got to be a person where you like Jesus, our savior, where you like yo, fam. He was God, fam. And he still said, my season has not yet come. My time has not yet come. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that in the midst of pressure? Are you able to say, my time has not yet come right now? Jesus said to them in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of their disbelief, in the midst of their uh, pressuring, my time has not yet come, but your time is always here. Jesus, don't try Jesus, fam. Don't try. Don't, people, I know Tobwe Inagwe says, says, don't try, don't try Jesus. Don't try me. Don't try Jesus either. <laughs> you try Jesus. Jesus going to clap back, fam. And Jesus says, miss, my time has not yet come, but your time is always here because the world cannot hate you. But it hates me because I testify about it, that its works are evil. Listen, you're not ready for God's timing if you're not ready for persecution. People think that God's timing is all about triumph and trophies and cool. And that comes with that. But you know what comes with that? Persecution. He says the world cannot hate you because you are the world. But it hates me because I testify about it. You're not ready for God's timing if you're not ready to be persecuted. Because if you if you if you all about heaven, if you all about God, you all about his glory, you don't care what comes with it. If you know that you're speaking what God wants you to speak in that moment and people hate you for it, so be it. But if you love friendship more than God, if you love people more than God, if you love love more than God, if you love anything of this world more than God, you ain't ready for persecution. For not even his brothers believe in him. Jesus said that my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. But your time is always here. The, the world always make time for its own. The world. So God, God's time is like, fam, like the, if the world loves you, do you love me? Because if you love me and do what I tell you to do, the world should not love you. We keep looking to be loved by the world who cannot be loved, who cannot love us. But your time is always here. The world cannot hate you. Does the world love you? Does it hate you? But it hates me because I testify about it that his works are evil. The role of the believer in part is to expose evil. That's a part of the, that's what parts come. We're supposed to expose. Light expose. You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You're supposed to expose. That's why people hate you. Now, I was hated in high school. I was hated in my life because I got all the Christian character awards. I got. I was hated because I kept the standard. A young lady came to me after class yesterday, and she was in tears. And she was like, "My peers have betrayed me." And 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 and, and she got a she got a full ride to a school, and, and she's feel a lot of pressure. I said, "Man, they don't hate you. They hate the standard on you." I told, I told baby girl, I said, they don't hate you. They hate the standard because the standard reveals they are not up to par. 
and people hate to be exposed. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it. I expose it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. You say, you go on to Judea, fam. Don't try to go. You go. Go to Judea. I am not going to, the, to this feast for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained. Now, within context, when it, in some part of the translation, it says that it was not he's not going right now. Because in the later text, he actually goes to the feast, but he said he basically what he's saying is, You go right now, but I ain't going right now. That doesn't mean that means this that my now will come, but my now is not. Okay, my now will come, but my now is not. You got to have enough confidence in you to say, You know what, y'all can go, y'all can go and feast. You can go up there, eat with the world, do what you got to do, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. See, you just can't talk it. You got to walk it. See, people going to be like, y'all can go and then you creeping behind them. No, no, no. You got you to say, you know what? Not only am I going to say what the will of God is, not only am I going to say what I'm supposed to do right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain here. Everybody else in relationship, but you remain single. Everybody else starting churches, but you remain under another pastor and, and being shepherd and being groomed. While everybody else is going, you remain. And you got to do that, fam. Let's keep going because we're going to get to our points. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up. He was like, fam, I ain't going to go when y'all go. I can't even. Why am I going to go with you? I don't trust you. You don't even believe me. Some of us watch who you're going up with because your up is based upon how up they going to go. Most people, they keep going up with the wrong group and you don't know when they're going to stab you in the back. You don't know when they're going to betray you. You got to sometimes go alone. Ooh, no wonder the Lord said go to John 7. You got to know how to go alone. Y'all can go and feast because I can't eat with y'all because y'all eating off the world. I'm eating off the will of God. Jesus even said to his disciples, my food is not, uh, my food is to do the will of God. Who are you going up with? Who are you always around? Let them go. Let them get married. Let them post on Instagram. Let them get a boo. Let them get a church. Let them get money. Let them go. Let them go. You got to be able to say, hey, fam, I trust God and God alone. Then he also, uh, but after his brothers had gone up to the feast, that's right, my brother Jarrell, he says, but you're not luring. You can't lure or you're going to be lured. You can't be luring. You can't be like, ah, uh, no, 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 let them go. Let people go and don't be looking on their pages. Don't be looking on Instagram because you're going to mess yourself up mentally. Like you can't waste time feeding off of their, like what do you feed? That's why they call it social media feed. Come on now. It's words, wordplay. You can't watch, you can't just be on everybody's social media feed because you're actually feeding yourself psychologically. You're feeding. You can't eat from everybody's feed, man. You see what I'm saying? So you got to let them completely go. You got If that means you got to block them online, mute them online, you got to let them go. Thank you, brother. That's a good word. Let's keep going. Uh, where's my notes? Uh, give me one second. Here we go. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, so they was already at the feast. It wasn't like Jesus had already gone up to the feast. So they up to the feast. They at the feast. They got their table. They called it for booking. You know what I'm saying? They got their open table. They found their table. They already there. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up. So they were already there. They already was married. They was already had a church. They already had ministry. They already had money. They already had business. They already had it. Then he went up. 
Mm, that's powerful. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, already got a table, already got the salad, the water, they already halfway through their meal. Then he also went up, not publicly. You got to learn how to go privately. You got to learn how to go quietly. Not publicly, but in private. Jesus be giving us the gameplay. That's why I read the gospel all the time. <clears throat> he gave us the plays. Not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? See, haters will try to go ahead of you to trap you. But that's why you can't be coming in loud and coming in proud. You got to come in quiet and come in silence, right? The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was much murmuring about him among the people. While some say he is a good man, others said, no, he is a leading the people straight. See, even when you get to that place, people always have something to say. I have my Tina daughter listening. Thank you, Coach Josh. Tell your daughter, I pray she's being blessed, but it's thank you for having her watch. Because this is for all ages, fam. For real. And, um... The Jews were looking for him. No matter where you go in life, people that's going to be, you can't be caught up in people's praises or people's criticism. You can't be puffed up in people's praise you, or you can't be plummeted by people's criticism. Because they says here that there was much murmuring about him. Because when you get to your purpose, it's going to be murmurings. Okay. Murmuring about him among the people. While some say he's a good teacher, fam. Others said, nah, fam, he's leading the people straight. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. Hey, people going, it is what it is. Let's keep going. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began to He didn't go eat. He went to go feed. Oh, my goodness. About the middle, he didn't go there to eat with these people. Stop trying to get, we got to stop trying to get promoted to eat with these sinners. Jesus didn't go say, hey, you want to eat with me? No, they, these sinners were not these sinners were perceived as sinners based upon what they did. They were seekers. They weren't sinners. They were seekers. Jesus was eating with seekers, not sinners. There's a difference. Sinners are people that still in sin, ain't trying to trying to have freedom. Jesus was eating with sinners. The Pharisees called them sinners because of what they was. Jesus was eating with seekers. Oh my God. He wasn't eating with sinners. Stop using that text to give you a validation to go out here and eat with these sinning people who ain't trying to change. Trying to put rappers uh, on your songs and try to do all the, try to mix and mingle and compromise with these people and say you eating with sinners. No, you're supposed to eat with seekers, people who seeking the hope that's in you, people who seeking Jesus. He didn't eat with sinners, people who's practicing sin. These people wanted to be free from their sin. So stop mixing the mingling from the, with the world. The Bible says, come from among them. Come out and be separate. We don't eat with sinners. We don't eat with people and fellowship with them. We go and teach. He says, the Bible says, about the middle of the feast, because the feast was like a week or so long. Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. He didn't go in there to go in there and eat how I was y'all. No, he went in there teaching. He went in and do his purpose. I don't got time to be eating with these fools, eating with these people with disbelief. I don't got time to eat with these sinners. I'm here to tell the truth, and you'll see who loves you and who hates you. Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. He began preaching. He began doing what he was created to do. The Jews, therefore, marveled. They marveled, saying, how is it as man has, his, has learning when he has never studied? The, peop the world system wants you to study in accordance of their way of studying. 
People should marvel. People marvel at me because how did this man has no college degree? This man stutters over his words. How is there anointing in this man's words? Because I want him to get the glory. See what I'm saying? When he was, when he has never studied, when all you need is this, fam. Of course, there's other things that you uh, should add to it. But when you got the spirit of God and you read God's word, fam, people will marvel. How can she sing the way she sing? How can he preach the way he preach? How can she bake the way she bake? How can she uh, uh, do what she do? How can he do that when she ain't got no degrees? She learned how we learned. How is it this man has learning? How did this person, you up in the face, you up in here with us and you outshining us? When he has never studied. So Jesus answered them by teaching. He says, my teaching is not mine. Ooh, ooh, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's willing to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. And in him, there is no falsehood. That's the that's where we need to be. Fam, your preaching is not your preaching. Your baking is not your baking. Your drawing is not your drawing. Your teaching is not your teaching. You know what I'm saying? My teaching is not mine, but it's his who sent me. It's the gift of God through you. If anyone's will is to do God's will, that's the heart we got to have. He will know whether, see, I know whether or not if this is of me. I've been in this game long enough. I've been in this thing long enough. When I know it's me, I know it's God. That's why I stay in the river. Because I know if I'm in a river, I know that the Holy Spirit, and I'm a vessel that's submitted, I know he'll speak. He says, my teaching's not mine. You can't own your gift. You got to steward the gift. It's not yours. My teaching is not my teaching, but his who sent me. If anyone's will to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. Mm. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. And him there's no falsehood. Now, let's get to how to know. How to know you are ready for God's timing. <laughs> it's been an hour, but it's been a good word, family. How to know, how signs you'll know you're ready for God's timing. Number one, you're not seeking to be known. You're not seeking to be known. The word of God says, um, now the Jews uh, feast of booths was at hand. So his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea. That disciples may also may also uh, so disciples also may see the works you are doing for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. You know, you're ready for God's timing. You know, you're ready when you're not seeking to be known when you actually hide throughout the Gospels. <coughs> Jesus often said, fam, don't tell nobody I healed you, fam. Or or Jesus snuck in or entered privately, entered quietly. You know you're ready for God's time and you know you're ready for that next level when you're not seeking to be known. All you care about is to know your Christ and him crucified. That's all you want to know. If you're seeking to be known, you're not ready for his timing. You're ready for your timing. But if you're ready and seeking for God's timing, you're not seeking to be known. Number two, you know when and what to say no to. You signs you know you're ready. You know when and what to say no to. Jesus then says, if you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. 
He said no. Signs you're ready for the God's timing when you're able to see opportunity and say no. When you're able to see a good thing and say no to it. It's all about God things. We don't, we're not looking for good things. We're looking for God things. There's a difference. It's a bunch of good things, but not a lot of God things for you. So you got to be able to know the difference between good and God. I got that apart in, in my in my book. I only got my book in here. Counterfeit or counterpart. I post it here for those who just maybe just jumped in. I got a chapter. I got a portion of this book to, to, to how to distinguish between what's good and what's God. And uh, maybe I'll do that in another video. But you got to know, <clears throat> I only want God things. I don't want good things. We shouldn't be looking for good things. We should be looking for God things. Number three, you're always willing and ready to obey. It says, my time has not yet come, verse six, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testified that it's works of evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to the feast for my time has not yet fully come. He's saying no. Verse nine is where point three comes. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. You're always willing and ready to obey, meaning you're always willing and ready to remain wherever God wants you. Where, where are we going, God? You got to be able to remain while everybody's trying to obtain. Last but not least, number four, which is the most powerful one, and I'm out. <clears throat> signs you'll know, signs you'll know you're ready. You truly want God to have the glory. How is it that this man who has learning, verse 15, when he has never studied? So Jesus answered them, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true and in him there's no falsehood. You know you're ready for God's timing. When all you want is God to be glorified, you want no glory, not even a, not even 2% of the glory. Signs you know you're ready, you're not seeking to be known. Number two, you know when and what to say no to. Number three, you're always willing and ready to obey. And number four, you truly want God to have the glory. That's when you know you're ready for God's timing, not your timing. What season are you in? Are you in the fall season? Are you in the winter season? Are you in spring or summer? For my athletes out there, are you in the off season? Are you in the preseason, the season or the postseason? Are you willing to um, make God known? Are you ready uh, um, to humble yourself? Or are you ready to promote yourself? I pray this message was a blessing to you. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, for more about what I do, you can go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. There you'll be able to get all um, uh, books. I got seven books. One children's book, other books are one book on spiritual warfare, one book on uh, soul ties. Uh, this book right here is how to uh, the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties, over strongholds. Got a book called Dating Prep, how to date yourself, how to date God yourself and love of your life. Um, and uh, the purpose of singleness is another book. Also, my latest book, the perp, uh, counterfeit or counterpart. Um, I have other books, but I have graphics for on my own here, right here. You go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. I got two card games as well. What else do I have? Uh, courses. Uh, opportunity for you to give to support our mentor program. I mean, no, back, let's get to that. I'm at a new school now. So our goal now, we're going to, I'm going to add this to my website, but our goal now is to create a um, uh, 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 supply where right now I'm helping. I have mentees at my school. They're high schoolers and middle schoolers. And my goal is help them find a purpose. So Propel is now, uh, it's in elementary school. We're going to try to see, go back to elementary school. But right now we're in middle and high and right now, our goal is to help uh, people uh, 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 discover, 
develop, distribute their uh, God-given purpose. And so we need support to be able to help support their ideas and to help uh, create uh, um, uh, offer resources and tools for them to actually begin to tap into their purpose and actually get to a place of discovery, developing, and distributing. If that's something you're interested in, go check out our website and go to We Propel or the Propel button. Uh, you'll see more about our elementary stuff, but I'll be updating my website about what we're going to do for middle and high school since I work at a, a high school and middle school right now. Um, so all that's on my website, imunplugged.com. Uh, my wife and I, well, well uh, you go to my other uh, uh, page. Let me see if I can find it. Um, the Azzy Life, we have another YouTube channel. Check out the Azzy Life. Um, you'll see vlogs. You'll see uh, podcasts with friends, uh, food reviews there. Uh, my wife and I did a, a episode called Breakfast with the Azzy's. I'm going to upload the other graphic. I don't think I have it on here. Um, do I, do I, do I, do I, do I? Nope, I don't have it on here. Um, but I, we just did a, a more recent. Oh, yeah, I do. Right here. It's uploading right now. But check out the Azzy Life. Also, we did. We just did a recent uh, vlog called Christmas Eve, the Christmas Eve vlog. Check that out. All on the Azzy Life YouTube channel. Let's see if I have any questions. Maybe I got time for one. This was a blessing. So and see for your ministry. God bless you. Thank you for y'all giving. And uh, I think uh, Audra uh, Drake. She, she gave as well. want to make sure I shout her out. Thank y'all uh, for those who gave in any kind of way, whether it's through a donation, through sharing, through liking, through commenting, all that good stuff helps in all kinds of ways. Audra Drake, thank you for your, uh, your donation. I really appreciate that. Felicia Powell, I needed this word during my fast right now. Thank you. You've blessed me all year. God gets the glory. Thank y'all so much who give uh, who give and support all that because however you support, I want to say thank you. You can do that on my website, imunplugged.com. Let's see here. This was a blessing. Thanks. Thank you. God bless y'all. Ordering now. Say that. So good. Great word, bro. Thank you, Josh, my brother, Mr. Grill. What's up, family? Thank y'all. God gets the glory, fam. All I care about is him being known. I love y'all. Coach is out. Um, I think that's it. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, Watch through this video again. I think I have a worksheet. I had a worksheet. I'll uh, check the comments section. I'll post it there for y'all to kind of process some of these things. I love you. Y'all be blessed. Peace.